Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick, and I'm totally going to geek out on this interview today, you guys. I just have to tell you, because I have been following our guest for a while, and am a customer of his, and am really excited to talk about everything we're going to talk about, because as you guys know, finally, <laughs> eight years later, um, I've really been diving into the data and measuring what's working so that I can do things smarter. Um, that being said, let's jump in. Today, my guest is Todd Brown from Marketing Funnel Automation. Todd, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. This is great. Actually, I got. I remember watching you last year at ClickFunnels. You almost won the Ferrari. That was pretty fun. <laughs> I did. Thank you for bringing that up that I almost won. (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, that was a blast. That was a crazy stretch of of a couple of weeks and uh, we came very close, but my good buddy Jeff Walker won. And so uh, I, I, I texted him and congratulated him and and then I cried myself to sleep that night. (laughs) Sorry, you're like, well, nice, nice welcome for your guest, Kim. Um, I, sh- I should let everybody know, though, it was because you were an affiliate for ClickFunnels, but you you killed it in a very short period of time, and you still got a big fat check for his dream car contest. So it's you didn't go away totally empty handed. <laughs> no, it was it was great. We actually it was a really interesting stretch of time. I mean, we generated a tremendous amount of of leads uh, for ourselves. You know, for for MFA, we we developed a monstrous uh, custom audience. A list or set of lists that we were then able to use afterwards. And we, we, we generated some, I don't even remember what it was, a crazy number of, of books, 3000 buyers or something like that for, um, for Russell. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy, crazy period of time, but it was all good. It was great. And I have to, sh- I have to say too that your presentation, cause you shared that whole strategy, right? Was, it was, it was amazing. So let, let's let the listeners in really on who you are and what you do. So before we jump into your business and conversion fly, which is an amazing piece of software, can you fill us in on your story and, and kind of what brought you here? Yeah. So, um, so I've been involved in direct response. Uh, marketing for probably about 14 years. Uh, my first intro to the whole world of, you know, direct response, long form copy, the stuff that we kind of know today, uh, was I was working at a company that owned several upscale health clubs in New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey, uh, now live in South Florida. And I, I had, I knew nothing about long form copy. I always thought marketing was advertising. Advertising was, was marketing, same kind of thing. And, uh, and then I got a, a postcard in the mail from a gentleman who was selling a, like a, uh, a home study system for fitness professionals, health club owners, that sort of thing. And it was teaching, uh, the, the fitness owners and, and, and the, the fitness world how to use long form copy, direct response marketing, that sort of thing. Totally enamored, blown away. Uh, asked my boss at the time if I could expense it and buy this thing. It was a couple hundred dollars. Bought it. 
uh, and then was like enamored by this whole idea of like salesmanship and print and the ability to kind of duplicate a sales presentation uh, through marketing materials. I ended up picking up the phone, called the dude who created the, the, the kit that I just bought and said, like, who did you learn from? He said, Dan Kennedy. And then I began to buy everything from, uh, Dan that I could possibly find. Like, you know, I'm embarrassed to say, like, I went on eBay and was like <laughs> buying everything on eBay and, and, um, and, you know, one thing led to another and I started implementing what it is that I was learning, uh, for this health club company. My department at the company started to just grow and grow and grow and grow. We had just tremendous success with, you know, doing this kind of, you know, direct response marketing internally at the, at the health club, uh, at the health clubs. Then I decided that I wanted to go, I wanted to start to, to share with others what it is that uh, we were doing specifically in the health club. I didn't want to do anything in the fitness arena because I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want there to be a conflict of interest. Ended up started working with massage therapists, built up a very big business, teaching massage therapists very early on how to grow their practice, how to market, how to get clients. And then it just got to the point where the, the, the business, that business was kicking off, uh, the same amount of, as my monthly income. And that's when my wife was really like, look, what, you know, we should, let's move to Florida. You know, you can do this full time. And, and, uh, and the rest is really history. Uh, you know, I've had a lot, you know, once I went full time, I ended up, uh, meeting uh, a whole bunch of, for whatever reason, a whole bunch of just great marketers. I ended up working alongside of my good buddy, Rich Sheffrin and running strategic profits with him for a couple of years and, uh, and kind of started marketing funnel automation by accident. It's a weird, uh, we, one day, uh, the, the 32nd version is one day, uh, a buddy of mine, Chris Brisson, founder of call loop. Uh, I asked him, I said, Hey, is there something that I can do for you? He had been giving me access to all of his software applications, all that stuff. And I said, you want me to do a, a webinar for your customers? I'll share what we're doing in one particular funnel where we're generating about $24 a lead. He said, that would be great. Didn't have anything to sell, you know, nothing to offer, wasn't marketing anything to, uh, to online entrepreneurs or anything like that. Was working with massage therapists and chiropractors and, and dentists and martial arts school owners and carpet cleaners. And, and so got on, did this webinar, shared what, what we did to, to, uh, to build this funnel that was generating $24 a lead. At the end, I was like, see ya to everybody. Hope you had a great time. Hope you got great value. You know, nothing to offer. I was like, Hey, talk to you guys, you know, someday. See ya. Got off about 20 minutes later, got a text message from, uh, from Chris's partner, who was the host of the webinar saying like people loved the webinar, but they're, they're, they're pissed. They're pissed that you didn't have something else to offer them, which like has never, ever happened to me before that. (laughs) And never, ever happened to me since. Like I've never, I'm like, figures the time I don't have anything to offer. Everybody's like, "Eh." and, and so, uh, so that was kind of really the eye opening point when I realized, wow, there really is a tremendous need for, you know, funnel education and for teaching funnels. And I really saw that there was a gap in the marketplace. Nobody was really teaching the strategic side of funnel creation. Everybody was kind of focusing on the tactical stuff. Uh, and I went back 
two months later and I did have a coaching program at that. I then put one together. I went back. We went back to that list and sold out the first coaching program before the end of the webinar. And now the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) God, there's so much in that. I want to back up a little bit because I love that your, your background really was this, you created a solid foundation within the, the, the fundamentals of direct response marketing. Right. And I, and I see, well, for myself, it's like I'm going back and and reading like old school advertising books, just like core fundamentals of this. And I think that a lot of people with an online business think, well, I can get a WordPress site up and I can buy traffic or whatever, and they miss it. And to me, there's a disconnect there. So I love that you did that because while it wasn't like this super short path, I would think that it really created a solid foundation for you to get into the funnel automation. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're spot on. I, I mean, I don't read the only, the only marketing related books that I read are usually, uh, for the most part, the majority are, are decades old, right? And that's because the reason why they still apply today, the old school classics like the Robert Collier letter book, how to write a, a, a good advertisement by Vic Schwab, breakthrough advertising by Eugene Schwartz, uh, you know, anything by Joe Sugarman. Uh, the reason why those books are, are still enormously valuable today and why they are, uh, the only type of books that I, that I really read as it relates to marketing is because they're, they're about marketing strategy. They're not about marketing tactics. And the reality is that, you know, books on marketing tactics, like a book about Facebook advertising, a book about LinkedIn advertising, a book about Twitter, that they're, they're either already out of date by the time they reach the, the shelf at Barnes and Noble, um, or they're going to be dated within months. And in order to continue to like, you're going to have to buy the next book just to stay up on the latest tactics. Whereas when you read the, the, the classics, you know, you're, what you're really learning about, what you're really reading, what you're honing your chops based on, on marketing strategy and strategies. The strategies that worked uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago are still effective today. The tactics change, right? And tactics go in and out of of fashion. There are tactics that are effective today that are no longer going to be effective in, in three months or five months. But the underlying strategies behind those tactics will always be effective. It's just a matter of finding, right? You got to, you got to, when you understand the strategy, it's very, very easy to find the tactics that will be effective today. You don't get enamored with tactics. You recognize that the tactics are there simply to execute on the, on the, on the strategy. And so, yeah, I think that you're, you're so spot on. That's, I never, I, I, I can't remember the last time I've ever, you know, I, I've read a book on like marketing tactics, like the tactical stuff. I just think it's a waste. You know, I totally do. Same thing. I mean, I like reading more bi- biography stuff currently, but it's, it's amazed me that going back and even going back to simple email subject lines and, and really focusing on things that are solid marketing strategies. Anyways, um, with that though, so you, you had the solid foundation. And the other thing on top of that, because I know you are, um, Obviously, traffic is a huge piece of what you do. And <laughs> I did not get into paid traffic till probably a few years ago. And I've sort of come to this conclusion that paid traffic with content and funnels is sort of like the holy grail. But yet, there are so many people in the space that I'm in that it's like blogging and content and hear my heart. Like, I love that stuff. I do it all day long. Obviously, I've got a podcast. But at the same time, it is sort of... It's the marathon and there are so many ways to do this effectively and strategically by bringing in the paid traffic and the funnel piece. So 
you know, what would you recommend to somebody who's doesn't do any of this stuff, doesn't do pay traffic, doesn't do funnels? Like, how do you step into that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, and I love, you know, I love hearing that you had that, you know, that realization. Cause I had the realization too. Like, look, you know, very early on, I, I think the natural, you know, I think, look, like, you know, the reality is that business isn't common sense. It's, it's not, it's not common <laughs> sense. If it was common sense, right. I think that we'd have a lot more, um, success stories. And so there were things, there, there are a lot of lessons that I learned early on that I learned the hard way because I thought that, well, this makes the most sense. And, and, and so this is, I'm sure this is the way, um, the way it is. And I was wrong. For example, like, you know, it, it, it you would think that the idea should be to spend the least amount of money possible on marketing or advertising. Like the idea of, you know, years ago, the idea of, well, if I could reduce my marketing budget down to nothing and I could still get, you know, customers through uh, search engine optimization or through, you know, article distribution at the time or video distribution or, you know, whatever that like, that's the holy grail. That's what I thought. That's what a lot of marketers think. That's what a lot of marketers are, are led to believe. But the reality is, is that uh, the holy grail is when you can invest more and more and more into your marketing budget because you are either at a bare minimum breaking even, meaning you're investing a dollar and you're getting a dollar back, plus you're getting a customer, plus you're getting leads, or, you know, you can invest a dollar and get back a dollar 25 or a dollar 50. The reality is that when you can do that, when you can invest a dollar in traffic, I don't care whether it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google AdWords, doesn't matter, right? When you can invest a dollar in traffic and you can make a dollar back, plus you get a customer, Plus you get, you know, leads. What you're really doing is you're building your business. You are building your business for free. You're building a list of prospects for free. You're acquiring customers for free customers that you're going to then put into your, your backend machine, which is where all the profit is in, um, in business. But the other thing that is important to understand is your business becomes scalable. Right. Meaning that you, you can ramp up the growth. You can grow a big business very quickly because you control the flow of new customers coming into your business, the flow of new leads coming into your business, the flow of customers going into your back end. Whereas if you're reliant on, let's say, search engine optimization or search engine rankings, reliant on them, right? There's nothing wrong with search engine rankings. It's when a business or marketer is reliant on search engine uh, rankings. When you're relying on search engine rankings, not only is your business incredibly vulnerable, vulnerable to Google making an algorithm change and you waking up tomorrow and your rankings are gone. <laughs> um, but the reality is that even if you have the top, the top listing, the number one listing for your primary keyword, the, the keyword or keyword phrase that you would love to be ranked number one for, now you get to, to number one. Well, what do you do to increase the traffic from that listing? Right. The, the reality is there's nothing you can do. There's only a certain amount of searches that, 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 that keyword or keyword phrase gets. 
there's a certain percentage of clicks that you're going to get. You're going to get the majority of clicks on, on your listing. But nevertheless, there's only a certain number of searches that take place on any given day. You can't control what you, you can't double that. You can't triple that. You can't scale that up. When you have a winning offer, you can't right scale up the, the amount of traffic if you're solely reliant on that number one listing yet with paid traffic with media buying, you, you can do that, right? You have the ability to, um, to scale that up, to crank it up, to crank it down, to, you have full control over it. Um, and your business is no longer vulnerable to changes in, um, in, in, in algorithm, uh, updates. So the way to really get into or begin to, to move your business in that direction is number one is, is not, it's, that's not to say that there's no value in search engine optimization or content marketing the way most people do it. Of course there is. It's just that you want that to be the seasoning, the icing, not the, not the meal, not the, not the cake. And so what you want to begin to do is you want to begin to take your marketing funnels, your marketing campaigns that you're using right now with organic traffic, with endorsed traffic from partners, uh, and you want to begin to test it with cold traffic. And the key with cold traffic is that you test small and, and you roll out once, once you have a, a winner, a winner being uh, a customer acquisition funnel that allows you to put in a dollar and get back a dollar. That's all. Just break even on the, on the front. You start small and then you, you, um, you scale. You make sure that your targeting is spot on, that who you're talking to, who you're, your uh, you are putting your, 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 uh, your message out in front of, that it's targeted, that it's narrowed, that it's tight, uh, and, uh, and, and then there's a whole testing and optimization, optimization process that you have to go through, but that's, it's really no magic to it, if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes a ton of sense. And the bottom line is, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I have said so many times on this podcast that I tend not to work with local clients. One, I, I prefer just the online stuff, but the sec- second is they're still sort of stuck in different old school methods. And I'm like, everything that you just discussed, Right. You're able to measure those, those data points every, every single piece. And if you're going to invest in paid traffic and you're doing targeted as an example, like Facebook is one, you know, that I'm running for, for some podcasting stuff. And it's like, I know exactly who the audience is that I've targeted where SEO. Yeah. You can go in and you're going to get, but I mean, you're not going to get specific keywords. And so again, I think they complement each other, but you can measure each piece of this. And so by creating like your first funnel, so the leads are coming in, it's not converting the way I want on the back end, but it's like, okay, now I know what I need to tweak. And a lot of times with SEO, you know, yes, you can look at your analytics and you can look at that. But if it's not, if someone's not converting on the page, it's not as easy to measure, I don't think, as paid yeah, traffic. I agree with you. <laughs> I, I think that you're, again, I think you're totally spot on. First, like, and there were, look, I went through a stretch of time where, um, you know, many years ago where I tried to, to make the whole, um, you know, content distribution, search engine optimization, multiple domains, uh, multiple servers, all, you know, <laughs> a backlinking. And it's so complicated and complex and so many moving parts and, and so many things that were some that were obvious, some that were totally like undercover, like you had to figure it out and using Google Analytics, like Google Analytics is one of the most robust um, applications like it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Whereas it, you know, paid traffic might, you know, it, it seems scary at first because of, you know, there's, there's dollars and cents on the line, but it's so simple because at the end of the day, like, and people, 
you know, like clients come to me, students, agency clients, um, uh, uh, um, consulting clients, they come to me and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll say, well, you know, like my opt-in rate is this sales conversion rate is this, my order form, uh, um, completion rate is this at the end of the day for me, it, no joke, Kim, it always starts with and revolves around just tell me the ROI. How much did I spend and how much did I get back? Because all the other stuff is, you know, can very quickly become noise. You can't deposit opt-in rate. You can't deposit sales <laughs> conversion rate. Like none of those. At the end of the day, you could have an opt-in rate of 50% of 70% and be losing money. You could have an opt-in rate of 50%. You could have a sales conversion rate of, of 10% and you could be losing money. At the end of the day, the only thing that tells me the viability of a funnel is what is the, what is the return on my investment? I put out a dollar. How much did I get back? Period. That's that's the first thing. And so with paid traffic, it's when you have, you know, when you have the right tracking in place, which is also very simple when it's done right. Um, it's very simple. It's all right, we paid 10 bucks, we paid a hundred bucks, we paid 200 bucks, and how much did we make back in in sales? Right. All the other stuff I look at afterwards, all the other stuff, like I like to say that, you know, the only metric that tells me the viability of a funnel is is return on investment. The other metrics are what I call optimization metrics, which is opt in rate, sales conversion rate, order form completion rate and upsell take rate. Those help me to optimize a a funnel to find the constraint, the one weak link in the chain, um, and then strengthen that weak link, right? That to to fix the funnel, to make it more effective, to make it productive, right? But it does it. Those numbers will never tell you whether a funnel is viable or um or not. The other thing that I just want to say that you said, which I think is just really, really smart and really savvy, and I hope that every one of your listeners gets it, and that is that the beauty of direct response versus brand institutional advertising is that direct response is scientific. It's objective, meaning it's not based on opinion. It's not based on assumptions. It's not based on guesses. It is, it's, it's an objective, um, form of, um, of advertising, if you will, because it's all data driven. We don't have to guess at what headline, uh, works better or what appeal works better or what offer works better or what price point we should be at. There's no, I never have to guess or wonder or assume anything because with the, with tracking, you get the numbers, you get the math. And the math, there is no, right? Math is not opinion based. It's just, it's an objective measurement. And so everything that we do and every decision that we make is always derived from an objective data point. And, um, and that's it. That's to me is just so comforting because it's not about my ability to be creative. I'm not a creative person. I really am. I'm not. I'm not a creative person by any stretch, but I understand the basic elements of the numbers behind the math behind direct response. I understand how to track everything that we do. I understand what the different data points mean. I understand how to find the constraint or the weak link in a funnel. And I know what I can test or what I should test first, second, third, and fourth in order to fix that constraint and and turn that weak link into a strong link and then go on to find the next weak link. And over time, what happens is when you, when you understand that and you can do what it is that I just described, your funnel and the performance and your ROI will just get better and better and better and better over time. And that's the game. (laughs) That was like, drop the mic. That was awesome. And 
the last thing I want to add before we jump into conversion flight with this is that where you were saying like being able to measure each data point. And again, I think a lot of people in my audience are content marketers and I love content again, but at the same time, I can only write so many 2000 word posts in a day. Right. And so having funnels and having automation, having things working, I guess I, I think people have this impression. Um, and when I say people, I'm making a very general <laughs> statement about my audience, but it's this afraid to sell and afraid to, oh, there's so much giveaway and do value. And I'm like, just because you're using paid traffic or automating systems, you know, it's not mutually exclusive with value. Like you can do both. You can provide value, solve problems, measure and make really good money by setting up these systems. Amen, sister. <laughs> Amen, sister. I preach it. Uh, no, I, I think that, you know, like you're, it, it's kind of funny because I don't, I don't consider myself a content marketer more because of, but I love content. I love content marketing, but I'm going to give you a nuance in just a second. I don't consider myself a content marketer only because of the uh, the preconceived notion that people have about content marketing or the way the the mainstream definition of content marketing is not my definition of content marketing, which I'm going to give you in just a second. Uh, but I think what you said is spot on. I believe that marketing done correctly is valuable in and of itself. Meaning that whether somebody buys or not, at the end of your funnel, they'll walk away and they'll still feel as if they they got value. It wasn't a waste of their time. That that it was a good experience because they learned um, something new or several new things. It, you know, the way I design funnels, which is very different from the the majority of other individuals out there, is that I don't view myself as a salesperson. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not good at sales. I don't like sales. I'm not good at sales. I'm a good marketer. Marketing and selling are two vastly different activities. And I think that most online marketers, um, especially let's say the kind of, um, the softer marketers, meaning that I don't say that as that's not a knock softer, just like where they're not pure purist as it relates to direct response. They're, you know, they, they, they weave in a lot of content marketing, or in fact, they base their whole, their whole gig around content marketing. Well, like, you know, the, 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 I'm not, you know, marketing is, is, Marketing is what makes selling easy, right? Like Peter Drucker said, right? The job of marketing, the objective of marketing is to make selling superfluous, to make it unnecessary, right? When you do a great job of marketing, you don't have to have a hardcore pitch, a hardcore sell. You don't have to rely on like crazy scarcity and urgency to pressure your buyers into or your, 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 your prospects into, um, into buying. Marketing has done its job of establishing the beliefs in the mind of the prospect, the beliefs that are necessary for them to buy. It's taken their desire and it's turned it into demand for your product. It's shown them how your product, how your service is the thing that's going to give them the end result that they want better, faster, more effectively, more efficiently than anything else out there, even before you ever even talk about your, um, your product or service. And so, you know, like, you know, I don't, I don't like selling either. I hate, yeah. I, I, right. I just don't like, I don't like selling. Fortunately, um, I'm good at marketing and I let the marketing, uh, um, do what it, what it was, what it was meant to do. And I think that there's a, there's a lesson there. There's a couple lessons that I, I think are really important for your, your audience, especially. And that is like number one, that don't confuse marketing and selling and don't kind of group them under the same umbrella because 
you know, you, you can, the reality is that if you do a great job of marketing, marketing is what delivers value. Marketing is what shapes their frame. Marketing is what persuades on a logical, intellectual, as well as an emotional level. It changes perspective, right? That's like real persuasion. If you trace persuasion back to like, you know, Aristotle, it's all about, right, changing, moving their mind and their heart, their head and their heart. And, and so, um, that's what, that's what marketing does. It's you're leading the prospect to a place where they get it. They see it. They understand it. And so when you, offer your product or service, they're grateful for the opportunity to, um, to buy it. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is I want to just share, I want to give your, your listeners something to think about and as content marketers. And so where I think where I differ significantly from a lot of content marketers is that when I think of content marketing, I don't think about it as, uh, as, I'm going to create a piece of content and then I'm going to market that piece of content. I, I don't think about like, I'm going to create a video and then I'm going to get that video on YouTube and Vimeo and I'm going to get that video on Facebook and I'm going to get that video on, on Instagram and I'm going to, you know, take a piece of it and put it on Snapchat and, <laughs> and like, I don't think about that. What there go, there about, goes your day. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what, what I think about is, how do I create content that does my marketing for me so that there is no difference between content and marketing? You know, like I like to say marketing is content and content is marketing. To me, there is no difference. When done right, it's one in the same. Oh my God. Well, and I have to tell you because I, I, I'm on your list. And so I, you, and you guys email pretty frequently and yeah. a lot of your stuff, it's, it's what you're doing in your business, what you've seen. There's a recent one and I apologize. It was the apples to oranges and it was kind of, it kind of went back to this direct response marketing principle. This is the apple. This is the orange and they both have relevancy. And so again, it's, I mean, I, I love that because if you're creating content, it's not, I guess the purpose, I guess the last thing I want to say on this is that if you're creating content for content sake, you're also creating a list of freebie seekers. I did that mm. for a good five years. It's like, well, let me sorry. show you how to do everything. Let me just show you, you know, and all of a sudden, and again, we're in business. So I, I could talk to you all day about this, but let's, I want to no, talk. I love it. And I'm <laughs> yeah. so glad that, no, no, no. I just want to, I love it. And I, I think that it's so important and so appropriate for your people. Like, I love it. I think it's, I think that whole mindset stems from this this misunderstanding like that, you know, like you build customers by, you know, giving them a bunch of great free stuff by showing your expertise by like, you know, like just, you know, educating, educating, educating. And I just, I think that that's dead wrong. I think that that, I think that education when it's done strategically, strategically to shape their frame, shape their perspective, shape their beliefs, overcome objections. Like when you have content that does that, that's when the line between content and marketing is blurred and there they are there you are moving them to a point where you, you know you are shaping their frame you are establishing the perspective that they need to have you you are uh, um creating this demand for your product by kind of funneling no no pun intended there there but you're doing it through content it does become one in the same and so don't like the idea of give if you give away enough free content they're going to become a customer if you you know like that by giving away a ton of free stuff you create a massive amount of goodwill that then leads to them being a customer don't that's nonsense right the internet is loaded with free content and so 
doesn't work that way. Well, and, and in fact, it almost works the opposite that they get pissed when you try to sell them something. Yeah, I've had that happen. And, you know, now I'm like, bye. But, <laughs> but it does. And it's just like, wait a minute. But anyways, all right, let's, let's shift gears here because, uh, you know, I, I really want to talk about conversion flight. So this first question regarding this is kind of two part. One, I'd love for you to share what it is, obviously, but I'm also curious as to what made you want to step into a SaaS product and start something where your business is doing great. You've got a great audience. Um, but can you kind of answer that? I don't know if it's a two part question, but yeah. So, well, first I'll tell you that I was, uh, for many years when I worked with, um, with real brick and mortar businesses, you know, professionals, I was in the SaaS business. And so very early on, that was kind of the, I've, I stepped into that world very, uh, very early on. And I think it's a great business model. I think that, you know, having a software as a service, I think when done right, um, especially when it's B2B, uh, I think it's, it's phenomenal, but ironically, uh, with that being said, the reason why I decided like the reason why conversion fly came about, which, and just as a side note for everybody, conversion fly is, is basically a comprehensive and complete marketing, uh, funnel tracking, reporting, and optimizing application. It's an application that is, that allows you to track, Every piece of every kind of marketing campaign, track every traffic source, track every stage or step of a funnel, track conversion rates, track uh, return on investment, track revenue per lead, cost per lead, revenue per sale, cost per sale, uh, you know, break even speed, like everything that a, a direct response marketer, uh, you know, really needs to know or should know in order to make the right decisions for their business. The real reason why I decided to do it was because of, of two things. One that I realized just like more and more and more that, that at the root of our business, at the foundation of marketing done the right way, it, it's all numbers. It's all math. It's all (laughs) arithmetic, right? Like, and you know, there's, there's no way to be able to make decisions. How do you know if you should spend more on a Facebook ad if you don't know what that ad is producing? If you don't know what it's costing you, if you don't, it's kind of like, you know, would you ever invest in, in the stock market if you didn't know the price of an equity of a stock and you didn't know when it went up or when it went down, whether it went up or went down? Like if you were totally kept in the dark, you couldn't make any decisions. You never know when you're losing money, making money. You can't scale up confidently because you have no idea if you're pumping something into a loser or a winner, a dud or a a home run grand slam. And so I very quickly realized that the thing that the biggest, um, savviest, most successful marketers had in common in the direct response world were that they were all number numbers fanatics. They were all over their numbers. They knew their numbers. They made all their decisions based on their numbers and so on. The second thing that I realized was that there was no one tool that did it right. And there was, there were either these tracking tools that, that they only gave you 10% of the data or they were old school tracking applications that weren't designed for, uh, you know, the type of funnels that we have today with multiple upsells or add on offers, or they required multiple pieces of tracking code to be placed on several different pages, um, which can become confusing. And if done wrong, you've got incorrect data or some of them just calculated the numbers incorrectly. Like, you know, they were looking at conversion rate, 
you know, the wrong way by looking, you know, they were calculating it based on total number of clicks on an ad instead of like total, total number of people that landed on a page, whatever. There was just something wrong with, um, with every single one. And then the, the last thing that just finally was like, wow, like just put the nail in the coffin and, or, or, or really I should say opened up my eyes to the fact that we needed to create one for ourselves was that I, I saw how mobile traffic was beginning to really climb, you know, the trajectory, uh, you know, was looking like a, a, a hockey stick. And I realized that all of the tracking applications, even though they were already flawed, they were all cookie based. And so meaning that, right, the cookie base just means that when somebody goes from one platform to another, when somebody clicks on an ad, let's say on their, their iPhone and then they subscribe to a list and then they buy the product on their, their, their laptop or their desktop or, or vice versa, right? They, they, they click on an ad on their laptop and then they buy on their mobile device. Let's just say, well, because they're all cookie based, it does not track cross platform. That means that, that every day as mobile traffic is increasing, if you're using a typical tracking application, your data is becoming more and more flawed, meaning that it won't show if somebody clicks on an ad on their mobile device and buys on their laptop. It'll show as one click and it won't show as that campaign um, generating, having generated a sale. And so I said, well, that's crazy. Now, if we're <laughs> if, right, like that's so why even bother tracking if we have flawed numbers? How do you know how flawed they are? Right. Are they a little flawed? Are they a lot flawed? Is it a little inaccurate? Is it a lot inaccurate? How do you, how do you run a numbers driven business, a mathematical driven business, a business that is all about the data without having accurate data? Like it's crazy. You, yeah. You, you know I, what I mean? I and do so- because I have to jump in really quick before you keep going is so it's funny. So the, the, the funnel that I just had set up in conversions fly, <clears throat> um, it's, it, it's crazy because I am using Ad Espresso for the Facebook ads and there's got to be a differentiation of about 400 in terms of what Ad Espresso is telling me um, for leads converging. And mind you, the leads are coming in great. So it's not that it's whether or not it's cost effective initially, but I'm like, what is off here? And as you started saying that, so I'm like, all right, let's go look at Power Editor. And I'm, and like 70% of the leads are coming from mobile. So I'm like, I wonder if there's something happening on the back end of the funnel with a video or something where because so many people are coming in mobile. So I'm sitting here like listening to you going, just like want to, you know, hallelujah here. Because again, and, and you look at stuff with like take Ad Espresso where they're just doing the, the, the Facebook stuff. But again, those numbers you know, looking at initially when I started Facebook advertising, I was told, oh, you know, over a click through rate of 1% is great. And it's like, yeah, in cost per lead, I have some KPIs now, but at the same time, it's not going to, that's not going to help me with the entire campaign. All it's yeah. going to, right? So yeah. I'm sorry. I just had to jump all over that because I'm, no, it makes me crazy. <laughs> it makes me crazy too. You know, it makes, you know, like, and the, you know, like I, I, so I started a, you know, like I just said, we, I, I need something desperately. Like this is crazy. And, and so that was kind of the genesis of the whole, of the whole thing. And then it was like, well, like, look, let's really go the distance, make it look really nice. Let's, let's go the distance with it. And then, you know, and, and, and roll it out to the marketplace or at a bare minimum, roll it out to our, our tribe. And, and then the funny thing was like, and it's a story.
story for a different day. But then the first version of I, I had personally invested a bunch of money into the development of it. And like we it, the, they were like, you know, the, the development team and the, the we had hired. I we put a COO in place for that company because it's really a separate entity from marketing funnel automation. And like, I, I was just like, I, I, I refused to roll out this app the way it looked like, you know, a month and a half ago or whatever it was. And I just said to them, like, <laughs> sorry, will you... to... go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was like, we'll use it internally and all be great, but I'm not rolling this out to the marketplace. Like, I'm not like, it looks, it looks like something out of 1980 <laughs> and like, I'm like, I'm not doing it. You know, I'll eat the money, the investment, like, you know, on the look and feel you guys trying to make it look nice for the market. I'd rather eat that investment than roll it out to the market looking the way it did. And so they were, you know, they were flabbergasted at me saying that, but I was like, go back and redo the whole thing. I don't, I don't really care. You know, I'm, like, I'm, yeah. You know. I'm only laughing, Todd, because that's literally my next question was, um, that, I see that the UI has changed since the initial beta release. It looks awesome. I absolutely love it. And I am one of those people that like, if I land on a website that looks dated, I bounce. I just do. So me too. Kudos. I said, I'm like, me too. I'm like, this thing is disgusting. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and look, you know, the, the reality was there were a lot of, you know, like the, 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 you know, I, it ended up costing me a lot more money because, you know, finally I was like, you know, Let's bring in a JavaScript dude. Let's bring in a CSS dude. Let's bring in a great, like bring in the, bring in the best of the best in like, stop trying to force. This is what I had to tell them. Stop trying to force somebody, you know, that's an expert at, you know, whatever, you know, PHP or something to try to do graphics. Like that makes zero sense. And that's why it looks heinous, you know, like, and, um, and so, yeah. And so we're, you know, we, 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 we went back to the drawing board in terms of the UI, um, and you know, we're still gonna like, I still want it. I, you know, like, let's make it look gorgeous. Let's continue to make it look gorgeous. But it, I believe that the thing that's exciting about conversion fly is there is, is, and I don't want to get started down that path. Cause I, I get so crazy with conversion fly cause I love it. Um, but like, it's a beast. It's a beast in a good, like it does things that no other application. First of all, it tracks across, across all platforms. So right off the bat, it, um, you know, because it uses three different, it's got three different ways of tracking a particular user, not just cookie based. The other thing is that it allows you to, to see how each and every one of your funnels are performing from each and every different traffic source. So you can take a single funnel and you could see how is that, that funnel performing for, for Facebook, for YouTube, for Google AdWords, for organic traffic. How is it doing for the different ads on, on, on Facebook? You could even optimize a different piece of a single funnel for a specific traffic source. So imagine if you're, you have a single funnel in your business and you're now able to see that the upsell, let's say, is doing really well with Facebook traffic, but it's not doing well the upsell for YouTube traffic and being able to go in and run a test on a different version of the upsell, but only running that test 
for YouTube traffic and still letting Facebook traffic see the original um, upsell that that it's doing well with, right? So you're able to optimize a funnel, a single funnel for each individual um, traffic source. Whereas right now, for the you know, like there are a lot of tools that'll show you, all right, your 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 opt-in pages is, is is converting at X percent, your sales page is converting at Y percent, and but that tells you nothing. That doesn't tell you that what like that's aggregating all of your traffic data under one umbrella. You can't make a decision with that data, right? So that's, that's a, which is another key point. Like what's the use in having data? What's the use in generating data if you're unable to make decisions on it? Why even bother looking at it? It's only confusing. It's only more noise. I only want to see data that's actionable. If I can't make a decision on it, then I'm not, I'm either not going to look at it or I'm going to drill deeper um, until I find the data that I can make a decision on a decision. Like this needs to be tested or this needs to be turned off or this needs to be improved or, you know, like, but when, you know, when you're, when you're tracking every single traffic source under one umbrella, what are you going to do with that? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. Unless you are a Google analytics master. <laughs> Oh, Which, good gosh. luck at that. If you are, yeah. Oh my gosh, I tip my hat to you because I, I went uh, when I used to be heavily involved in in Google Analytics. This is many years ago. I, I I decided like I wanted to become a pro at Google Analytics, and so I went to this like two day event that was like all about Google Analytics. And like <laughs> after the first day, I walked out of that event, and I'm like, I never want to log into Google Analytics again. I was like, like did you get a migraine? Like. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I sat there and I was like, I am in the wrong place. <laughs> well, especially because you're such a marketer. <laughs> I, well, yeah, believe me, I've made a lot of mistakes thinking like, oh, I should be here. And that was one of those where I was like, what am I doing here? This is insane. Oh my God. I can't even yeah. fathom it. So, so in terms of conversion fly, because, you know, for those that are listening to me, this seems like the ideal foundation when you're getting started with funnels, like you get to start off right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So is, is this, this is applicable for somebody who, let's say they want to start with a lead gen funnel off of their site, whether they're using click funnels, lead pages, thrive, whatever, because we can put the tracking code through each piece of that. Yeah. So there is value. Can you share how that would be valuable to somebody who wants to start with a lead gen funnel because they're not touching paid traffic yet? Yeah, there's value. There's value regardless of it. Like if, if you're just starting out, there's massive value. Cause like you said, you're going to build your whole business, your whole venture on a solid foundation of objective data. If you've been, uh, you know, if you're a grizzled veteran, um, well, then it's going to revolutionize your whole ability to, um, to, to function successfully and effectively as a marketer, because again, you're going to have objective data that is going to show you what, what you need to know and see to make the right decisions for your business. The reason why, like, even if you're like, look, even if let's say you've got a simple funnel that is nothing more than a lead capture page and, uh, and a sales page, whether that sales page is, you know, a video, whether it's a long form sales letter, or a short form sales letter, whether it's, you know, whatever, uh, uh, an e-commerce type listing. And let's say you're going to run some Facebook ads, for example, you're going to run some Facebook ads that send people to a simple lead capture page. And then from a lead capture page, it's going to bring people to um, a sales page. Well, if you don't have tracking um, in in place, uh, you 
it becomes very difficult. Like if you don't have, you know, if you don't have tracking in place, how do you know if your ads are, um, are effective? How do you know which ads are effective? How do you know what part of the funnel uh, like, is it, is the, um, is it the ad that's not performing well? Is it the opt-in page that's not performing well? Is it the sales page that's not performing well? Um, how do you know what a visitor is, um, is, how do you know what you can afford to pay for a visitor? What you can afford to pay per click? Can you afford to pay a dollar a click? Can you afford to pay $2 a click? Can you only afford to pay 30 cents a click? Right. See, the only way to know that is for you to know what a visitor is worth to that funnel. And right. And only if you know what a visitor is worth, can you know what you can afford to spend to get a visitor. And right. And, and in this example, we're talking about all of that being a value for just a simple little funnel. When you add in multiple funnels, and you add in um, multiple steps in a funnel, you've got to, you know, you got to track, you got to track everything because it'll, it'll very quick. It takes you out of the dark. If you've ever, if a marketer, if a listener has ever felt like, I'm not really sure what's going on. If they've ever felt like, I'm not really sure where to begin. I'm not sure what the problem is. I'm not sure what to fix or what to do. Uh, like, I'm not sure what to do next to make this thing work. Like, if you've ever had any of those thoughts, nine out of 10 times, it stems from not having the right information, the right data, the right tracking. Uh, cause when you do, those decisions become very apparent, very obvious. Does that make sense? Kevin? It makes a ton of sense. And as you were saying that, I'm like, you may as well take out an ad in the yellow pages if you're not going to track. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, I mean, you may get more. Obviously, you'll get more subscribers or buyers on the internet, most likely, if you've done anything right. But if you're not tracking, and again, I go back to you know, it it's it's such a disservice with this space. With again, not knocking content and stuff, but there's such a distur a disservice because there's so much work that goes involved in getting a website up and and building a list, and if you're not tracking and measuring, you don't know what to sell, when to sell, how to sell to people. And you're in business, so you have to be selling. It just yeah. And and look, here's a well. We could let we'll let your listeners ponder this, right? Let's say you decide that you're going to run a solo email ad. You found two websites that each cater to your audience, and let's say you don't even have a funnel. You just have a sales page. Hey, talk really you, quick. Can you explain solo ad? Because I don't know that a lot of people in my audience are going to yeah, understand what that. Absolutely. So a solo ad is like is like you find a, a website in your marketplace in your niche that um that caters to your audience and that maybe they have a you know a newsletter that they send out once a week to their 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 list of email subscribers. Maybe they run events, whatnot, and they give. Uh, businesses and marketers like yourself, the opportunity to pay a certain dollar amount to have an ad or an email go out to their list of subscribers. So it's like, you know, it's like when I, when, when I used to work with, um, chiropractic physicians, chiropractors, we would go to the chiropractic, um, organizations or the chiropractic magazines. And we would, you know, we would pay $700 to have 5,000 emails go out or to have an email go out to 5,000 chiropractors that are on their list. That's an email solo ad. It's, it goes out alone. It goes out, um, to their subscribers. It goes out from their email address. 
Um, and then there's a link in there to whatever, you know, you, you want, hopefully. So let's say that you find, let's say you found two different websites in your niche, in your marketplace that both appeal to your audience. They both, you know, communicate with your audience and you decide, you know what, you know, uh, there's magazine A and magazine B, right? And you're going to do an email solo and you're going to pay uh, 200 bucks to, to run an email solo ad in each, to have an email go out to each of those lists, um, both on Monday. And so you now do that. You pay 200 bucks. You pay a total of $400, 200 for each. You've got both of those websites now send out an email to their list. Maybe it's the same exact email that, you know, that, that goes out to, to, to both of those lists. And now you get uh, a bunch of sales come in. Well, here's the question for you. If you don't have tracking, how do you know which one of those ads you should pay for again? <laughs> How do you know which one of maybe what was one a dud and one was a home run was one of those ads, one of those email solo ads, one of those websites. Did they, did one produce all the sales and the other one produced, produced none where it was a 50, 50, what, like, how do you, how are you able to make any decisions whatsoever about, um, about what you should do next? Should you cut off, you know, and never do anything again with magazine B and spend all your money with magazine A? Should you, right, cut off magazine A and only do business with magazine B? See, when you don't have the data because you're not tracking properly, you, you can't make any decisions. That's what happens to a tremendous number of marketers. Oh my God. It, it kills your profitability, period. Yep. You, there's, Absolutely. there's no way to scale and grow. So. Awesome stories, Todd. I love this. Um, all right. We are winding down here to, to the hour here. And so, um, what can you, when is, uh, the official launch for conversion fly? I know it is closed right now. This will be airing just in time for people. So when can people jump on the list for conversion fly? So, um, in a couple of weeks, uh, the beginning of April, I'll be releasing, um, a PDF, there'll be no opt-in for it necessary. So you, you like, you'll be able to give it away to everybody. A PDF that kind of gives an overview, a more in-depth overview of what it is that we, we talked about, um, today. And then folks will have the opportunity to jump on a waiting list. And then I'm going to be releasing, um, a series of, of content videos about tracking and about metrics. I think on the I think on the, let me see, let me just look at the calendar. I, on the 14th of April, we'll begin to, to publish those videos and like everything that we do, it's all, you know, great. It'll be educational. It'll be of enormous value to everybody. And then on the 21st, we will, um, we're going to open up conversion fly, uh, to the public with kind of a, you know, some launch pricing, like some launch discounts. And I think then it's going to be open with those launch discounts for a few days. Uh, and then we're going to move into our regular pricing and, and go from there. I am so excited about this. And I have to tell you too, the last thing is I was watching a, a webinar from the beta and I hadn't even thought about the ability to track podcast traffic. And, you know, again, love this piece of my business. And it's, uh, so anybody out there, no matter what you're doing, they're going to be able to track what's effectively working, like get the fundamentals set up, get, get the, get the pixels, get the tracking set up, and then start stepping into like your, your basic fundamental with a, a lead, lead gen, right? I mean, you don't need to be running these super complicated campaigns and paid traffic just yet. But the beauty is 
by using this and getting it set up, you're then going to know how to do the next piece and it can be more profitable from the beginning versus for me, now I get to go backwards. Yeah. Well said. No, I so. think you're, you know, like just start, you know, it, it's recognize that it, it really is a lot. It's, it makes things simple. It doesn't make it more complex. It actually simplifies the process when, you know, start out with, like we always teach our clients and students, you know, about the minimum viable funnel, like start out with, you know, with, if you're going to start out with, uh, uh, you know, you don't need to start out with an upsell or an upsell sequence or a back end. just start with a lead capture, start with a marketing and sales mechanism an order form and a thank you page and like start tracking that and you'll be able to see what's going on and you'll know whether like, You'll know whether you'll, you'll be able to see whether is the problem that our, uh, like our sales conversion rate is just too low, right? Is it the fact that uh, we need a, we need an upsell sequence in order to bring up the average transaction value? Like you'll be able to see the data that'll tell you, all right, the, the problem is X. And so therefore you need to do Y to fix it. Or the problem is A and you need to do B to fix it. That's what the data will do, no matter how simple or complex uh, a marketing funnel or marketing process is. Todd, I cannot thank you enough. This has just been a ball. I, like I said, I could talk to you all day. Love, love the product. And I'm super excited to share it with everybody. Cool. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I had a blast. Like, how awesome was that, you guys, right? So, man, I am definitely going to have to do a webinar or something with Todd because, um, yeah, all kinds of knowledge bombs. Awesome guy. And uh, like I've been talking to you guys for a while about my obsession with tracking and measuring as much as I hate it. ConversionFly changes all of that. So if you want to get in with ConversionFly, um, I think the launch is wrapping up actually as we do this, but it's still available. Uh, just go to the wpchick.com forward slash ConversionFly, just like it sounds, guys. Um, and I will be doing a post with a video showing you um, how I've set up a funnel with it and, and how that's working. But in the meantime, again, just go to the wpchick.com forward slash ConversionFly. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a fabulous day and I will catch you next time.